Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to episode 165 of Craft Heads Podcast, a podcast about nothing but also everything that my best friend Tommy of 24 years and I do. I'm rounding up there finally. Uh, every episode is something different, but we always have an adult beverage. Tommy is proving as busy as we anticipated with being a dad. So we have your regular stand-in co-host this evening, as it is, of July 30th, uh, my wife, Tara. Hello. So Tara, the topic, you don't really know. I've kind of like hinted at a few things. I've kind of got like a laundry list of things to go down here. But in general, uh, the topic today is going to be lessons learned. And I mean that in a variety of different ways. Like it covers a few different things, life experiences over the past year, uh, some also some ideas from the CHP community, some uh, like just ideas in general of things to talk about. So there, I'm delivering, of course, I was trying to do two per month. This is going to be the new episode for July that you'll have in the month. And then whether or not I get it out on the 31st or not, there will be another one. But it's the first ever CHP exclusive or CHP patron exclusive episode. Remember the one that we recorded, Tara, in I think it was two years ago in Minneapolis, maybe with, with friends, kind Sam. Yes. I'm committed to releasing that. I, I have been putting it off because it's really bad. It's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, we are absolutely sloshed in it, but it's it, it's a good thing. It'll be behind. It'll be with the CHP community only for patrons. So I'm willing to put myself out there, and it, I'm I'm glad it's some exclusive content. So that works out too. Yeah. Before we dive into these lessons learned, uh, so to speak, of course we have to do our drink. So Tara, she she can see it, but she doesn't know what it is. I I wanted to do something gin tonight. That's just the the spirit that I was feeling. So I went to our trusty book that we often use, the Ultimate Bar Book Comprehensive Guide to Over a Thousand Cocktails. This is by Mitty Helmich, and we've talked about this several times, and I don't think I've actually shouted it out by name. But this is kind of my go-to bar book if I want to find something to do with a particular base spirit. Like, this is a really great cocktail book. So I just wanted to recommend that to anybody else out there who does not have that yet, who's an aspiring mixologist like ourselves. But the name I found, I went all the way through, and you know, a lot of times you're missing like one ingredient, or maybe there's, maybe I didn't feel like doing a fresh squeezed lime tonight, which is just me being totally lazy, and that was the case. A lot of things call for lime, of course, in, in gin cocktails, so very citrusy, uh, citrus-friendly spirit. But as we often do on Craft Heads, it's totally okay to get a little creative. And if you're like really close, but you need to, you know, kind of substitute something in, that's perfectly fine. That's part of being a mixologist, right? And getting a little crafty. Yeah, of course. And it's it's expressing creativity in a glass. I think that's important. So the name of this cocktail is the Venus. Now, these are the ingredients. And I'm going to tell you some of the liberties that I took. Wait, should I guess them? I, I know there's gin because you said gin. You certainly can if if you want. Yeah, let's do that in an outlet, and then we'll just go from there. Okay, how many how many ingredients is it total, including non alcoholic ingredients? One, two, three, four, five. And I know there's gin, so I have four to guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, you can see one of them. So blackberries or berries. Well, that's one of my subs, but yeah, go ahead. Just okay. ha- just have a sip. See if you can identify. Anything else in there or any flavors that stand out to you? Ooh, Tara almost like winced. <laughs> she had a sip of that. <laughs> I taste triple sec. Okay. 
And, okay. and there's, it's not even like there's, first of all, that was. Is there the, vodka in this too? No. That was, uh, hmm. Okay, let me try this. Oh, it's so triple sec heavy. It's like sticking to my teeth. Did the recipe call for Cointreau? Yes. I can, okay. So very nice, Tara. She, uh, first, first of all, obviously base gin, we used some bullshit Kirkland stuff that we have. Oh, I just got a shiver down my spine. No, it's this like is a the, residual. Oh, this is a big winner of a cocktail. <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, secrets for, for that you can't see behind the scenes. We're actually splitting one cocktail, so that actually works out pretty well. But uh, we used that that one Kirkland gin, which is it's high proof. It's like London dry gin, so it's close oh, to okay, ninety yeah. proof. Uh, it might be ninety. The it does call for Cointreau, but for our regulars, you know, yeah. you can easily sub triple sec for that. I yeah. mean, yeah, Cointreau is the good stuff. It's the Nike, you know, for uh, that and Grand Marnier, but still, it it works just fine. It called for some simple syrup. I often use agave nectar instead. It's 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 shelf stable. You can just have it sitting there. It's kind of nice. You don't have to refrigerate. Yeah. You don't have to make your own fresh, but instead of doing the simple syrup, I actually put in a little bit of raspberry preserves Ooh! because it called for raspberries, which we didn't have, but we did have blackberries. So I'm calling this this the blackberry Venus, but I still got a little bit of raspberry preserves in there for the sweetness instead of the simple syrup. And then a dash of Peychaud's, bitters which we don't have that specific type but i did not use angostura i use because our angostura is orange bitters yeah i used an aromatic bitters of woodford reserve and i even looked at the ingredients and there it's more similar to the um to Peychaud's. what is Peychaud? like what is it's a brand name but it, don't they do they tell like a is it supposed to be a certain flavor it's theirs like is more um anise well Okay. Angus, orange Angostura is is orange. There is like a base Angostura as well. But um, anise and mint, like a little bit, I hmm. think are the two there. And I, apparently what I used was pretty comparable to that. So once again, everybody, it's okay to get creative and yeah. do a little subbing here and there. And I think we still got true to the uh, the essence really, but it's, it's more blackberry heavy than raspberry for sure. But yeah, my overall, I mean, it sure looked pretty in the glass. It's very pretty. It's very boozy. Maybe, maybe if the only I could only change something for my own tastes would be maybe a tiny bit less triple sec. Yeah, and and I did it right on. Like it's actually the gin in Cointreau or triple sec is two to one heavy in favor of the gin, but it's still it's a lot because triple sec is very sweet. Yeah, I was gonna say with you adding in the agave, the preserves, and the berries. I mean, not so much the berries, but definitely. Oh, and here's the other psychotic thing about it. I mean, anybody who knows me, this isn't gonna surprise them, but you're supposed to shake this with ice. Well, I put all the ingredients in the freezer prior, and my, the berries we had were frozen, so those were my ice cubes because I don't use tap ice cubes. I just I just can't do it, and I ran out of my spring water ones. So anyways, moving on from the drink. Good times. That was a, I enjoyed that discussion with you, Tara, and good job on the triple sec at least. So the, the lessons. I have a total of – I have four letters in my little agenda here. I really took my time prepping. Yeah, I'm watching him scroll through this. It looks like something from uh, whenever I was in school. It looks, yeah, it looks like, like something nice I should be doing for my I'm job, like, but I, I loathe doing it for a job. But for this, it's fun. Um, the first thing is one of the listeners, Paul, he suggests, and supporters, he suggested that we basically talk about our favorite or go-to 
beverages in a specific category. So like your favorite bourbon or your favorite beer or wine or what have you. Okay, yeah. And this is not to be confused with appropriately on episode 65, not 165, we did the Home Bar Essentials 101, which I have not re-listened to it since, but back then, the idea of that episode was if you wanted to start up a home bar, these are the essentials yeah, that like you Yeah, like base essentials. Exactly. Like triple sec. Not necessarily, not necessarily brands or anything like that. So uh, this is a little different. We're focusing on, I would maybe not even necessarily favorites either. It's the go-to value spirits. Everybody knows I am huge on what is the most enjoyment and quality I can get out of my dollar. So I love picking uh, bottles of booze that are, I'll say, in between $20 and $40 because most people can afford that. Maybe not super frequently, whatever, but it's it's attainable for most people. Also, a key part here has to be it's kind of ubiquitous. Like, you can find it at any decent liquor store. Yeah. So, like, our Hawaiian... Like, I'm not going to mention, like, a $1,000 bottle of some insane thing. Well, yeah. Because that's... That's not different. The, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's not the point. That's cost yeah. prohibitive. Like Blanton's yeah. isn't on here for bourbon because that's yeah, just that's, it's it's very difficult to find. It's extremely expensive. Yep. Our Hawaiian rums, you can't get those just anywhere. So this is stuff yeah. that you should be able to get at any sizable liquor store that has a good variety. You should be able to find these. So I have a list for us, Tara, and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with these. And of course, just jump in. But you know, I think you're going to be. Pretty much in agreement here. So starting with the six base spirits, which of course are whiskey, and that includes things like bourbon and scotch. Um, let's, this, just, let's, let's just start with whiskey. We well, can name them as we run go. Down. Oh. Name it as we go? I think that would be easier. Okay, fine. So Redwood Empire. Anything Redwood Empire. For bourbon whiskey, yeah, definitely. Bourbon whiskey. I mean, actually, I'm not even sure if they have a scotch or not. I I feel stupid. I don't think they do, but I could be wrong there. But as far as bourbons and whiskeys, they're mid thirties, and I they're I just get the most enjoyment out of them. Yeah. And I had um, that cask strength one on on a recent episode that was truly wonderful. But you know, they're I think my favorite regular bottle is probably that rye whiskey, the Green Giant. Yeah. So that's probably my my favorite. But just all of them across the board, they're outstanding. If I had a choose like a go-to it's not even a go-to scotch because it's a blended scotch it would be that japanese doers because i like making rob roy's and that is just so delicious like there's something about that one specifically that has like a sweet like smoothness to it that's from being aged in the japanese oak cask mizuna oak i think and tara i'm so glad you said that because i was thinking about adding it i decided to keep it simple that's the only audible that that i could that was my runner-up was to include a scotch recommendation and that doer's japanese oak aged uh scotch is like 20 maybe 22 something like that so it was was very accessible yep that's a that's a great spirit uh for mezcal technically that's the base spirit. We've talked yeah. about this. All tequila is mezcal, but not mezcal vice versa. Slash tequila and that's do what all I, of it. So that's what I did. Um, oh, it's gonna be crazy. I'll take the easy one. Our, our go-to mezcal is four hundred conejos, which is bunnies or rabbits. Yes, I just think that's the best price. It's pretty, pretty available. 100%. If, you, if you're even if your liquor store carries mezcal, there's a good chance that they're gonna have this one. Yep. But keep your eyes peeled for it. It's very good. It's price friendly. I mean, I want to say maybe high twenties, mid twenties. Yeah, and I was actually gonna say that the price point. It so that one is is delicious enough to drink on its own, mm-hmm. but it's also the price point is so low that I don't feel bad making a cocktail out of it. Like I really like doing. Um, 
what is it, the mez- mezcal, mezcalitas, mezcalritas, like instead of doing like a margarita, mm-hmm. like doing mezcal instead yep. of the tequila. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Very, very totally well agree. said. And then I don't know if you can see that or read that, but uh, don't no. look at it. <laughs> I know you probably just want to jump to Casa Dragones, but remember, that's not. No, I have a not- lot to talk about with tequila. Do you want me to. What is your pick for volume and you know value as we've discussed? What would be your go to? Oh, there's so many. I know there are. And okay, I agree. so so if you if you're, uh, how about I start with the most cost effective and I work up from there because I think that makes sense. If you want a cost effective, good, really like a good tequila that tastes delicious, it doesn't taste like ass. Lunazul. That's what I have written down. A hundred percent Lunazul. If you have a little bit of extra money to spend, I would say Espolone is very good. I would go with that. And I, I've only ever had the silver Espolone. I've never had the Reposado um, or anything. No, I have not had those. That one is very good. Um, I really love eighteen hundred. Again, silver or reposado. I like both of those. Um, I think that's pretty solid. And then Casa Dragones, I mean, like that's a treat. That if you yeah. have if you have like a hundred bucks lying around and you really love tequila, that's one I never mix with anything because it's just so good. Yeah, the I do think the easy answer here is Lunasol. Like it might be one of the highest value spirits on this list because it is it's actually cheap. It's not Yeah, and it's not even bottom tier, too. It's like, so good. It's so good. It's not bottom and, and tier. It's perfect for margaritas or shooting, honestly. Yes. You know, with a, with a uh, lime yeah. and salt. All, so. of, all of the ones I mentioned are good on oh, their own. and I didn't mention, this uh, This is my and Tara's list, but we also have Tommy's picks. I texted him about this prior. So the next one would be gin. Okay. And you and I both had some quick, uh, I'll take this one. We had a quick discussion earlier. You verbally had said Hendrix, and I agree that's a great go-to, but the one that I was kind of on the fence with that I wanted to put down was uh, Grey Whale. Yeah. I, I don't remember if we called it out on a particular episode or not, but it comes in like a squatty baby blue bottle, has like a whale's tail or fin on it yep. or whatever. And it's just, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember if it was more herby or floral because it's been a while. I just remember that I really liked it and I thought it was incredibly easy to drink. Yes. And so. the only thing I'll say about Hendrix too, um, because I don't, I don't drink gin neat like I do tequila. Um, so I'm very, I'm not well versed in it, but I will say the one thing that I do like doing with Hendrix specifically because they do, um, it's not like a limited release, but they do those small batches of like the different botanicals. Like the one that yeah, you got me that. the one year for Valentine's Lunar. Day, Lunar. It, it, it had apparently botanicals from, um, you know, plants that bloom at night, I think. And then, so they have a bunch of different things like that. And so the one thing I like doing um, is getting plain seltzer water, like Polar brand or something from the store that has no, no taste, just carbonation. And then I just put like a shot and a half in a cup. And then I dump in some seltzer, and then it's just like this nice botanical, like floral. That is a good way to get, in the summer. That is a good way to get all the flavors in a particular gin, but making it in a more voluminous, voluminous. concoction. Yeah, it's a cheap way to go get like your own seltzers. Next one's easy: vodka, beluga, Russian Bel- vodka, beluga. Yeah, you guys are sick of us talking about it, but just if, you, I would if say, you find beluga, go buy it. Yeah, and and I my first experience with alcohol um really back in high school was not great and it was vodka and ever since then i've had like just not a taste for vodka just because like it triggers that response but beluga is the only one that i have found that i can actually drink neat and not have that like just 
gut wrenching. Yeah, just feeling. this past week, uh, Tommy's dad was in town, and I had a cigar with him. And for the first time ever, I just drank vodka with my cigar. I drank Beluga Neat, and it was like one of the best cigar experiences of my life. That being, and now I had a top tier cigar. Also, it was one of uh, the. Uh, Pico supplied Davidoffs from 2014. It was amazing. But yeah, it, it's just, it's a terrific spirit. For rum, so I have two, I have two picks here. You can go so deep with rum, like, you know, gold, clear, spiced, black, uh, you know, Jamaican versus Puerto Rican versus There's Cuban. There's so much with so rum, So I just yeah. picked two that are noteworthy for, for value, in my opinion. Um, there's one that I have mentioned before, and it can be kind of hard to find, but I mean, it just kind of depends on whether or not it's supplied in your area, I guess. It's called Methuselah, and yes. it, it is Cuban. I, I think they make more than one. I have only had the the Platino, which is like their platinum rum, aka it's clear, it's white. And a lot of clear rum is very offensive to the palate, considering how insanely cheap I remember that being. I want to say low teens. Now, this was couple years since I, I got a bottle or I, I was able to find one that was like kind of remarkably good f- for the price point. So that's one to keep your eyes peeled for. And, um, I often use dark rums in a lot of cocktails, e- even if it's just like a, you know, a dark and stormy or whatever. Meyer's original dark. It's the one that comes like in a yeah, big cylindrical ba- brown bottle. The label looks like it's from the 1980s. It's it's just very very reliable and it's not expensive. It is old reliable. Maybe like thirty bucks, something like that. Yeah. So, do you have any anything you want to add on rum? No, I mean, we love Kaloa, but yeah, you know, it, that's the on, stuff. Well, the one thing we can try to look for it when we go to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's because true. they are a sponsor of the Golden Knights. So that's a really good point. We might be able to find yeah, a couple Yeah, so we'll, we'll do some reconnaissance next yeah. time we're out there to see if we can find it. And the next category, last but not least, of course, is brandy. And that includes things like cognac, Armagnac, etc. cetera. Um, I am trying to get more schooled on Armagnac specifically. I've had a couple like out at restaurants as digestifs for dessert and like at friends' houses. But, you know, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, so... An obvious go-to is Hennessy. I mean, there's lots of names yeah. everybody knows, like Remy Martin and Covassier, but, um, you know, just Hennessy's, as you're, like, just getting started, it's a good place to start, for sure. Yeah, I, I have no additional input. So, awesome. Tommy's picks, I really liked, he he went with two bourbons in the whiskey category, which makes sense. Uh, Hudson, he said, or Old Forester, just depends on what he's in the mood for, totally uh, respect both of those picks, uh, especially, and you know, I, I went, I spoke ad nauseum about old Forrester on a previous episode. I think it was the Louisville one. Cause I went to their, I toured their distillery and I was just like floored by the whole thing and the company history. So very respectable picks. I have an interjection. Okay. Now that we're talking about whiskeys again, Irish whiskey specifically, mm-hmm. Jameson. Yeah. That's like the biggest name. Yeah, but like I feel like because of watching The Wire and whenever we started drinking it, you're letting I nostalgia influence. I you. well, I <laughs> a little bit, but I never drank Jameson like in college and stuff like because I, I was more like you know beer and stuff like that. So I wasn't super into spirits. Um, so the, that was really the first time I actually had tried it like for taste and and all that and i was pleasantly surprised at how Mm -hmm. easy that went down which is is dangerous it is really easy to drink i agree and um if you shell out a few more dollars i I think um red breast 
is at least of equal quality, maybe in some cases a little higher, but it just depends on what you're looking for. Uh, and then let me uh, run through the rest of Tommy's. For tequila, he went Herodura, or Herodura okay. which I agree, v- very solid choice, especially for the Reposado. That's um, that's actually like nearing sipping quality there. And he went with Hendrix for gin. He agreed with Beluga on vodka, no question. He said Appleton Estate for rum, and he admitted that's due to a you know kind of a lack of, he doesn't really have like the depth of experience there. And um, I would say if you're talking specifically Jamaican, it's a, it's a very well-known name yep. and, and and very versatile. So I agree with him, and he agree. And he was he also said Hennessy for brandy. So those are all the picks. I did want to run down. I'm there are there's an infinite amount of types of beers. So I'm just gonna throw a few out here uh, collectively between me and Tara, and and actually the podcast as a whole. This is not totally inclusive, but here's a list of six that I would say are must tries on our list. Einger Hefeweizen. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's one of the all-time greats. Uh, Schneiderweiss, Aventinus, Doppelbach, which I think it's a Doppelbach. I featured that on a previous Not Financial Advice episode. I think Jake was on that one. Allagash, White Belgian Ale. Ooh. Heavy Seas, Cosmic Blur, Sour. Oh. Creature Comforts, Classic City Lager. That's oh. like like the beer of CHP. Every time you say a beer, I just, I want one. I know. I want and, them all. Well, you're going to want the Southern Tier Double IPA. Oh, shit. Yeah. So those are just, that's just that, you know, a handful of really, really quality beers in all in their own categories that, you know, if you ever see those and you haven't tried any of the ones I just said, it's worth going out of your way to pick them up. Uh, also, before I move on to the, the next lesson learned here, speaking of lessons learned, if you ever do re-listen to some of these old episodes, uh, you know, like our longtime listeners or newcomers, if you're diving back into the, the catalog, Please call me out anytime I'm I'm just outright wrong on something. There's a chance I might have fixed it in a later episode, but I would love to hear from you. Honestly, uh, something I'm incorrect about, something I've flip flopped on, and I you know like because I'm a very different person than I was five years ago. I love hearing about stuff like that. It's a good opportunity for self reflection. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Craftheadspodcast at gmail.com. If you're not in the if you're not a uh, Patreon supporter, you're not in the Discord. Otherwise, obviously, just hit me up there. Um, so the next lesson, hard transition away from booze, Tara. Okay. A lesson I learned in the past, like, I feel like I'm really starting to focus on this in the past year of my life. Take care of your health. Yeah. It seems insanely obvious, but if, I guess, pointing out something specific, if you have anything weird going on, go get it checked out. And I'm not trying to, you know cast a pall on this or anything like there's nothing crazy going on but uh you know like i have a constant like tickle in my throat i'm always clearing my throat and everything it just gets really annoying and and i went to a doctor there was no you know horrifying news or anything we're trying a couple of different things but you know chances are when it's something weird and niche like that you might need to go see a specialist and it's gonna cost you money and i'm just reminding everybody, I hope this falls on somebody and it, you know, it has an impact on them. Do it anyways, because yeah. it beats the alternative. You know, you can sit there. I, I, he literally stuck a fiber optic wire up my nose and down my throat to take pictures. And it cost me $500 after insurance. It's kind of like that, you know, that hilarious thing where, Oh, even when you have insurance, it feels like you don't have insurance. It's bullshit. But like, what if there were something wrong? It's, yeah. it's worth literally infinite amounts of money well, and, so. it, and it's worth getting eyeballs on things at 
an incipient stage yeah. as opposed to letting it fester for, you know, half a decade or more. Exactly. And then it's, and then it's, you know, four times as bad or yeah, I so totally agree. I sincerely hope somebody listening to this is thinking about some sort of a weird affliction that they have and you've been sitting on your ass and not doing anything about it. Go do something about it. You never know. It could save your life. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, and then, you know, another part of that is, you know, about your general health. And, you know, I've kind of been bitching about work and everything. Stress stress management, like, that's that leads into my next topic as well. But before moving on to that, I just wanted to uh, – I don't think we talked a whole lot about our experience in Puerto Rico, which we could have done a whole episode on that. I don't want to bore people with another travel episode. but Go there. Yeah, go there. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Go, go there. But going down there, I, I was uh, – I really needed that getaway because of work and it wound up being like, it was stressful with that on my mind. Plus I wound up getting sick like on the way down because I got no sleep and I drank too much with Tommy the night before and I was on an airplane, blah, blah, blah. Perfect it was storm. A, it was a nasty viral uh, respiratory infection and that's all it was. But I can remember two times during that trip, I just had these like truly life altering experiences. Whenever we were in El Yunque, which is their, their national forest, we were uh, climb like hiking up this mountain through the, uh, this literally it's like a tropical rainforest and the air was so wonderful and clean and it, it was like off and on pouring and we would stop and, pure. and wait in these little save points that I called them. And I did, uh, met, I, I did some box breathing in those like very intentful. Uh, wait, that's not the right word. Is Intentional. It? Thank you, Tara intentional and not only that did some some for real like indian style meditation with a with an enormous hat i felt like big hat logan from souls on the uh, beach of a separate island we took a ferry to called ikakos i just sat on the beach where the water came up to my legs it like you just kind of like washes over you but it doesn't completely cover you and i just meditated in that scorching hot sun for I would say 30 to 40 minutes. I just sat there and cleared my mind. I didn't even think about anything. And it, the, one of the weirdest unintentional benefits of what happened as a result of this trip, not only did I, I, I improve my, my physical health from the illness that I was trying to kick and my mental health, but I'm 32, right, Tara? 32 yes. years old. I, out of nowhere, quit biting my nails. That was a wild. Really me. weird. It was like you met it, you, and I noticed it after, especially after the beach, I think, but I think even after the downpour cleansing, uh, hike yep. that we had, yeah, you just totally stopped. Cause I always yell at you and I'm just like, quit it was munching very, on yourself. It was very bizarre. I didn't meditate on that. I didn't think about it. I didn't no, you go just into meditate it. and then all of a sudden you're just stopped. And, and I, I was like, oh go. my gosh, yeah, wow. Very, that's very strange. And, uh, so, you know, I covered the physical health part first but it was also very much a mental mental heart health thing that I was trying to tie in there as well. So, and just keep in mind that, like, I know we've all got our worries and stresses to to manage, but just try and maintain that attitude of gratitude and be thankful for everything that's going right for you instead of focusing on the things that aren't. You know, like it's very easy for me to complain about my job, but that's like one of my only complaints, and it's certainly my only serious complaint. So. Why not just focus on the other zillion things that haven't gone wrong, you know? Yep. So just a totally little reminder there to take care of your physical health, take care of your mental health, and, and be thankful for both if you have them. Well, That's, there's nothing, there's literally nothing more important. Especially for you and I, I think you and I getting sunshine 
Yeah. Some vitamin D is is. Oh, the sun needed. has something to do with it. The, we, we, I've been yeah, focusing we'll on the sun and I, a lot more So Alex this year. and I both work like remotely, not like remotely. We work remotely 100 of the time. Nice. And sometimes he and I like we talk about the fact that we haven't been outside in 48 hours or more and it's just oh my gosh okay I should so say let's, let's go outside let's, left of the house we're, yeah, we're always yeah. at least on the balcony but sometimes more than 24 hours will go yeah, with us literally not even if it's like a 10 leaving. minute walk or like for me I'm I'm trying to get into like swimming as an activity because it's so hot this summer mm-hmm. so it's intense yeah. for sure so the pool helps cool so I mentioned this was kind of kind of flow into the next one my other life lesson, I think to others that I just want to talk about more, this has always been something for me. Work is not your life unless it's your passion, or at least in my humble opinion, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's a means that, to an end for most an, people. That's an important clarifier. I am saying it's just my opinion that it shouldn't be. So like if you're some type of artist or creator or you do something or, or I don't care if I don't care if you're a coder if you absolutely love it and you're passionate about it then that's cool if it's part of your identity but if it is literally a paycheck divert that energy and effort into other you know more meaningful things in your life and 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 it sort of ties back into that just like be grateful for you know all, all the good things in life instead of like stressing out so much at work or or freaking out about things that you know, really bother you there because, uh, really if you have a job that you hate and, and I'm talking about myself here, you sh- really should work tirelessly to change your circumstances because you're completely in control of that. But while you're doing that, like don't freak out about things that don't go right along the way. Like I actually was interviewing recently, got all the way down to the last candidate and, uh, the other person had a little bit more experience than me. I, I talked to the, to the talent director afterward. Like I built up a rapport with this individual and, uh, they were very kind to give me some, uh, candid feedback and everything. And, uh, you know, like at, when I first read the email, I was like totally crestfallen. And then I, it took a very small amount of time, not only for me to not be upset about it, but I think I kind of dodged a bullet whenever I was kind of like looking yeah. at, and Tara knows all the details, but I think I was just, if I had gotten that job, I just would have been robbing Peter to pay Paul and I would have been yep. dissatisfied in another three weeks, three months or a year or whatever. So like, I'm really kind of like regrouping and trying to figure out what it was the next logical step here. Yeah. And to kind of, um, what's the word to support your point of like what you just mentioned, um, you know, how you felt crestfallen reinforce, yeah, to reinforce your experience. Um, another helpful thing that I remember, reading about, and I've done before, it can be done for any situation. Um, so like for work, for example, like, you know, how you wanted a new, new job, you wanted this new role you were interviewing and going through, I think in your head, maybe you did a version of this, this little exercise, but you could do it simply if you, I'm I'm watching Alex's face. He's wincing. So eating the berries that were after this, after this, yeah, yeah. Uh, The the medicine medicine. berries. (laughs) Um, no, but you can even do this with a piece of paper for like the first time or if like you really need to see it visualized, just take a piece of paper, fold it in half, one side's pros and one side's cons and whatever your situation is, it could be new role. So what are the pros of getting this quote new role and what are the cons of getting the quote new role? So you make that big giant list of each or whatever it is and then you compare both sides. So if you're doing that and you notice 
okay, the pros side is way bigger than the cons side, then yeah, that's definitely something you should be pursuing. If the cons outweigh the pros, then obviously that that's another pretty clear point as well. But if they also outweigh, like if they're, if they, uh, what's, oh God, come on, Tara. If they cross each other out like equal and it's the same, like there's no net positive or negative, Mm -hmm. then that's another thing for you to think about. I've done the same thing with, um, you can do this with a relationship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like the same exact thing. Like you just if you're pull out with your piece of paper and make pros and cons. No, but like if you're if you're if you're even thinking about um, like if if you're questioning something about like just just starting dating someone and like maybe you see a red flag or like uh, there was an experience with that individual that really like irked you in a certain way, then you sit down and you think like, okay, well, what are the pros of me staying with this person? Is it <laughs> is it worth Wait, I know Alex I know, is, is like. I'm glad I. I'm, I apparently Alex must is have. Laughing. There's a list with me somewhere no, deteriorating, no, 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 no. and I, I made it's it. Not, I'm, no, 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 no. I don't. I'm not constantly <laughs> writing down lists of pieces of paper of like all oh, the pros of every single little thing in my life and the cons of every single thing. But I think it's an exercise you can eventually begin to do in your head on the fly. And if you're thinking, and, and you can even sense it too. Like if you're thinking about a situation and you have a good feeling about it as you're thinking about it and all the possibilities of this situation, I think you have your answer there. But if you, like you said with this, you, you kind of molded over with this prospective new job and you're kind of like, well, what's the gain here in, in mm-hmm. are there cons that I'm not aware of? Is it jumping out of the frying pan into the fire or, yep. you know, something of that nature. So that, that's just a, a little thought exercise for anybody who needs it. Whoever is stuck in like a little rut rut, and you want to kind of change a situation, just make a little list. It helps. I, I've ma- yeah. I've I have made physical pros and cons lists for sure. I don't yeah. do them. And like you don't have to abide time, by it. It does help. But yeah. it, it, I think it's more helping, like organize your thoughts and yep. look looking at possibilities of the future. So That's all. Good insight. A huge, huge tangent, but well, it's helpful. Fi- the final tangent of the evening. So we're going. We're harking back all the way to episode two. To some OG craft heads shit. Oh my gosh. Black Black Mirror. Oh. That was episode two. Tommy and I were hitting Black Mirror hard. We were, I think we were, yeah, we were definitely obviously living together still. And uh, just yesterday, I think, Tommy texted me, you know, knowing with how uh, sensitive I am about recommendations, he's like, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he asked. Sensitive. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> snowflake with, with recommendations, but... Uh, he he basically asked me to watch an episode of Black Mirror. It's in season six. It's called Beyond the Sea, and it has Aaron Paul, so Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, and Josh Hartnett in it. Which uh, Pearl he, Harbor, yeah, Lucky Number Eleven. He's yeah. in tons of shit. That's an amazing movie. Oof. Anyways, um, I will give a an extremely high level plot summary of what it's about and we will not do any spoilers because I just want to keep this uh, as, as a brief conversation. The What I'm about to tell you about this episode, just so everybody's aware in case you want to tune out, although I don't think you should, is you'll learn about this within the first like five minutes. So I would not call this a spoiler. You know? Okay. So in, in an alternative... In an alternate 1969, there's some kind of a space mission where there's these two astronauts in space, and 
these guys are able to flip back and forth between their real bodies in the spacecraft and a replica what do they call it? A replica? Replica, I think. On, yeah. on the surface of the Earth. Or it made me think of replicant from uh, Blade Runner. And it, basically, it's just a transfer of consciousness, and it just goes back and forth, and like they have to get back to almost like a Matrix like plug-in seat, in a way. And uh, the, the replica is... It, it is an exact replica, except it's not actually human. You know, it's like biomechanical, or it's a machine. And in any case... You can imagine all of the things and implications of such a system. And uh, I just wanted to say that I was really glad Tommy made the recommendation. I highly recommend everybody check this out. It's, it is, it's a long episode. It's actually, I, I would say it's a short movie. It's like 80 minutes, 80 plus minutes. It's not quite an hour and a half though. And is there anything else I can I don't want to spoil anything. I I will say this, you know, with the whole um, body changing thing, I, ah, shit, I just wanted to make this one comment because I'm such a child. I'm, I'm going to say this so it doesn't spoil anything. But men who are listening and you watch this episode, just remember I said this. The first thing I would do is check, check my penis. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And, and I want to know. I don't know, even know if you need to say penis. You could just say all I would do is check. No, 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 no. I, that that way I'm not giving anything away, and I think it will be hilarious because I feel like any man who says that that's not the first thing they would do, they're just lying because that's just our instinct. But um, Tara, what if, if if there's nothing else that you want to add about the plot to that? I have a couple of like my takeaways from from the episode things yeah. I learned, which I did. I. I remember learning a lot of things and having like perspective changes from the old whenever we were watching all the way back on episode two. So you want me to take it? Yes. So this is uh, now I'm starting to sound like a broken record here. Be constantly grateful for those that you care about for being in your life, especially your significant other and offspring. And offspring, for sure. Like your nuclear immediate family if you were married. I'm definitely focusing more on the romantic relationships in life. I don't care if it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, spouse, husband, whatever. It is so important to show acknowledgement and appreciation. I, I think most people in an even halfway decent relationship, they probably know the other person cares about them and loves them. But like, there's a big difference between that and feeling active appreciation and and showing and speaking their love language too like when we're sitting on the couch tara always wants me to touch her feet and i'm really lazy and i don't do it because mine is physical touch well so is mine i I know and i'm always touching (laughs) you 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 do a better job i need i do a better job yeah you're a little bb i'm I'm acknowledging that right it's not because I don't want to. I'm just being a lazy piece of shit. And I'm just, you know, or maybe I've got my phone in my hand. And that's, that's embarrassing and stupid. And to, in that category, especially when it comes to constantly scratching my back, Tara way outperforms me. And I make up for it in different areas, but I am acknowledging that. And I was, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I need to do this more. And I love that. I love whenever you consume any kind of media and it makes you think about something that 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 deep, you know, and yeah. and also think about this. Here's let me leave everybody with a with a um, something to think about. 
if you want to sort of judge how you think you're doing in a relationship at any given time without even having to ask your significant other, if you want to talk to them directly, great, that's even better. But I love me some hypotheticals. Hypothetical questions can answer, can give you so many answers. And think of a hypothetical situation where a stranger, maybe even with malicious intent, maybe a stranger who's trying to sleep with your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, and think of the things that that person could or could not say that might hold some weight. Or basically like, or even like a a friend who maybe isn't a friend of that significant other who isn't in your corner and they, maybe they have a, um, they have a vested interest in like breaking you up. Imagine if they like sat down your significant other and said like, are you really happy with so-and-so or does he really do this for you or does she really provide this for you or whatever? And think about how your significant other would answer in that situation. Like I feel very, happy and comfortable. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. I, I can make some minor improvements, but like, that's never something I have to worry about with Tara. I have been in relationships before where if somebody asked my significant other something specific, I, I kind of came up short in my head. I hope you're following along with this. I'm sorry. It's, it's a weird hypothetical. Do you understand no, what I I'm totally saying? I totally understand. Tara? Like, yeah. If you- Pull yourself away from your relationship and your body and like kind of look down on your life from a third person's perspective, like a, like a higher perspective, like you're playing Sims or something and look back on your actions within the past, like, you know, the, the, the current, I guess, present tense or like the, you know, current time period related to your romantic partner or whoever that is. And if you envision you're not in the room and some other person is trying to interject and like, you know, gossip or whatever about you with your partner, what would your partner say about you? I get that. I totally understand. Yeah. And yeah. Like how, how would yeah, like they, if someone came up, if you weren't here, how would they answer a question about yeah. you? That's actually specifically what I'm saying. Yeah. Not, like how it's would, not like they're just outwardly gossiping. Yeah. Like if you weren't here or we had someone over or whatever it ends up being, we're in a situation where you're not like right next to me and someone came up to me and asked me a specific question about our relationship. How would I answer? Yeah. That's yeah. D- you nailed it. So thank you. I, I, I feel like I started rambling a little bit because Everybody knows my thoughts on this, like podcasting and drinking. It's a funny combination because it can be difficult. But um, thank you for bringing that home so eloquently. That was, yeah, you're uh, welcome. That was a good finish, wrapping it up for us. So that's it for tonight. Um, thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, go back and check out all of the 164 prior to this. We've got plenty of content for everybody, that's for sure. Um, if you like what you hear, we would really appreciate it. If you smash in a five-star review on your listening platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, that would just be really helpful. It's free, and it takes you a second. If you want to go a step further, if you want to support us, we're on patreon.com slash craftheadspodcast. That gets you access to our community Discord. We have uh, giveaways in there. We have various channels dedicated to certain things like not financial advice, movies and show recos, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, food and booze, you know, obviously we're all, always talking about beers that we find and things like that, especially craft beers. So um, just let us know. And if you ever want to just provide some feedback, craftheadspodcast at gmail.com as well. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.
really sorry about the asshole smell. <laughs>